What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Scorch the Fears. I am your host, Jonah Corchin, with the dope Cody Barton right now. Like an amazing guy, amazing integrator. I'm trying to make my phone not fall over. It's not going to work. I might have to turn off the Instagram live, but whatever. Um, whatever, it's going to be over there. Um, this guy's amazing. He's an insanely insanely successful businessman i'm so happy that he's here and yeah man thank you for coming on um and yeah thank you for coming on yeah jonah happy happy to be here man um you know always, always happy to to help support and you know bring bring some insight to hopefully you know cut some some learning curves for people hopefully that's, that's it's gonna happen like anytime anytime you speak you, you cut some learning curves i've seen it um so Introduce people to the to the to the nobody who doesn't know who you are. <laughs> Basically, who's watching this? Just introduce everyone, like who you are, what's your business, um, what do you do, all of that stuff. Uh, yeah. So, um, Cliff Notes version. Uh, my name is Cody Barton. I'm 28. I live here in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, have a few different businesses. You know, uh, from a real estate company that you know has a uh, decent sized holding of properties, um, you know, within there in the, you know, uh, eight figure range of holdings of real estate, uh, have a, uh, media, uh, education company, um, that's doing, you know, over 10 million a year, uh, also owner of a virtual assistant company called start virtual that, uh, is, you know, pacing for this year doing over, uh, probably 12 to 15 million this year. So few, few different things bucks. going on. <laughs> Those are sort of for sure some big bucks. So, okay. So wait, I didn't know about the media. Is that sub two? No. Oh, it's something nope. different. Something yeah. completely different. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's secret. <laughs> no, it's not a secret. Not a wait, secret. what is we, it? Uh, we, so we're, uh, we're essentially, I mean, but between like affiliates, you know, we're, uh, that, you know, we grow our affiliate revenue through that company, but, mm. um, essentially, you know, uh, one of the things that I've always been excited about um, from like an early age is like, find, you know, helping show people our alternative paths to making a living um, outside of going to, to college. And so um, basically, um, it, it, you know, most of the products have been geared towards real estate, uh, but we're, you know, introducing some new stuff in 2023 to, um, you know, teach people essentially how to, you know, make six figures and in, in other and in, in multiple different types of industries. And so um, that's, that's the, uh, the direction of what we're doing with that company, but it's kind of behind the scenes. You don't really see uh, what we're doing with that company, but that's, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of it. And I know you guys, I, I like see everything you're doing damn near a lot of it. So I love it. Um, okay, my man. So obviously incredibly successful entrepreneur. Um, and I really wanted to start off this podcast that I like talking about fears, right? I always started this way off yeah. like with scorch the fears. It's talking about like how somebody at your level, like going back a lot of it, going through your story, going through the fears that you dealt with when you were starting and throughout your entire journey and how you overcame those barriers. Because at least my personal opinion is that like fear is, I'd almost say 80% of it, like, like of the blocks usually. Like, I mean, mindset is almost, it's like 90%. And then I've noticed that fear especially depending on how it's used, generally blocks you and is like the most common reason I've seen people not be successful is mm -hmm. some sort of fear. So 
I just wanted to start it off with like when you were starting out either in entrepreneurship or in real estate, whichever one you, I know you started earlier than real estate in entrepreneurship stuff. Tell me whichever one you think is a better place to start and like, just talk about like the fears you were dealing with and how you eventually overcame them. Yeah. I mean, I would say starting from, from the beginning um, makes the most sense because it helped me overcome a lot of the fears that I had and the you know the beginning for me i mean i when i was ever since i was a little kid i like when people asked me what i wanted to be when i grew up i wanted i said i want to be rich like love <laughs> so, it <laughs> so, so that's uh there's that um mainly because like i would i love cars it was like a big thing for me and like i would you know see lamborghinis and like you know all these exotic cars and i always was like i want one of those and my parents would always tell me like oh that's what rich people have and i'm like so then i just got into my head and people would be like what do you want to be when you grow up and i'm like i want to be rich because rich people have the cool cars all right <laughs> so that was kind of early on what you know kind of had me like excited about you know being successful in life but um you know i i through high school you know to to save all the details i you know did multiple different entrepreneurial ventures and you know was making some decent money in high school um just doing different side hustles buying and reselling you know um products online and whatnot so a lot of different things and so um for me you know, like my first like i guess you know dive into like the fear around it because then it was just fun like i was just doing that stuff while in school and like you know my mm -hmm. parents wanted me to go to college and i was like i was maybe going to do that. <laughs> um, and then really I kind of got indoctrinated into, um, entrepreneurship because I got a hold of Robert Kiyosaki's books, um, Classic. Rich Dad, Poor Dad and all of those. And so I read every single one of his books when I was 16. Uh, he has like freaking 15 or 20 of them. So I read through a lot of his books and got, got a hold of Zig Ziglar. I had a, my parents had a whole um, CD set of like 50 hours of his content. And I listened to all of that mm -hmm. multiple times. And, um, so I, I read, you know, shoot 30, 40, 50 books from 16, 17 on entrepreneurship business and making money and things. And so I just got excited and, um, you know, my first venture into, um, real like entrepreneurship is I got into network marketing when I was 17. And so I guess, you know, starting with a, where, where the fears, you know, were for me, my, my fear wasn't as much of like, Oh, like I'm, you know, scared to talk to people or, you know, do things like that. Like my fear for me was what if I'm not cut out to be like, what if I'm not successful? Mm -hmm. You know, what if I can't be successful in business or what if I can't be, uh, you know, be able to achieve the like lifestyle that, you know, I'm, I'm striving for, like, what if I'm not able to do that? And so that those were like the fears that I more so had. And then, you know, then it's like the normal, I guess, more normal fears that fears that some people have of like, I don't have any money. Like I was, you know, I, I had made some money doing some stuff when I was in high school, but like I blew all that cause I didn't have any money management skills. Right. Um, so like for me, it was like a fear of like, okay, am I, am I good enough? Um, am I going to be able to figure this out? And, you know, do I have the resources available to be successful? Like those are the, th the things that, um, for me, 
initially starting out that I worried about. Um, and yeah, and I, you know, and, and, and then I had the chip on my shoulder cause everyone told me I was stupid cause I was like spending all my time, like learning this entrepreneurship stuff. And instead of focusing mm. on, on school and focusing on other, other things that people at, you know, 16, 17, 18 are focused on. So I really like this because like, this is really interesting to me. I didn't get into entrepreneurship until later, but I personally never had the, um, like the whole thing where people were, I had a really good network and never, nobody told me to my face that I couldn't do it. And yeah. so I want to know, like, from your perspective, like, how did you deal with that at such a young age? That's really young, 15, 16, 17, where people are being like, you're being an idiot. I don't know if it was teachers or, um, your parents or whoever but like how do yeah. you how did you overcome that because that's a you're young so it's really hard not to listen to other people when you're that young and b um it's hard for most people in general like that stuff can infect your brain so what what did you do did like how'd you like tune that out yeah so i um from a lot of the personal development books, like I read these books and they made sense. I'm like, you know, Robert's making sense here in this rich dad, poor dad book. Like this is making a lot more sense than the shit I'm learning in school. And so, right. you know, I like the books really like I held to those a lot. Um, and really it, it was like, it was kids at school that, that really like, you know, harassed me about the stuff. And then I had some teachers as well. I had my English teacher, um, that I, uh, cause we, we had to do a report on, uh, um, I can't remember what the report was for, but I did it and this is, you know, no political affiliations or anything like that, but I did it on Donald Trump because he was a billionaire. And like, this is back in 2011. So like, this is, so it wasn't even political. Yeah. There's nothing political. So it was just like business, you know? And, and, and I was like, I was inspired by him cause I read a book, um, that Robert Kiyosaki and Donald Trump, like co-authored together and it was like why we want you to be rich and i was like wow like if you're rich like you get to help people like you know you can have help people have jobs and create career opportunities and create all these cool things in life and i was like that's really inspiring and so like i did like this book report on that and and then my teacher you know hated rich people so she just like tore me <laughs> apart and you know it was just like that's you know those are piece of crap people like they just you know rich people take advantage like there's literally a teacher in my high school telling me that people like take advantage you know rich people are bad basically and i'm like wow like i think back to that now and i'm like our school systems are garbage honestly and and anyways the ones that i went through but just public education and so um you know that was that was my english teacher just tarnishing um goals of being a successful business owner and mm -hmm. you know saying i was dumb for not signing for to do ap classes to get college credits to get ahead um and and you know then i had another teacher an economy teacher. I was reading Rich Dad Poor Dad in her class um, after I finished my 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 work for the day, and so I was just like you know reading and waiting for the class to be over. And she like commented, she's like, "What are you reading?" And then I was like, "Oh, like this book. Like I, I don't remember which book by Robert Kiyosaki. It might have been Rich Dad Poor Dad or Cashflow mm -hmm. Quadrant, one of those." And she was just like, "Oh." you know, that type of book. Oh, that's a freaking joke. And I was like, and so like, I got kind of got into it with her and I was like, no, like I'm learning, like, I want to like be successful. And like, I, there's a couple other kids that like commented there, like, oh yeah, Cody always with these stupid ideas of, you know, hustles to make money and always just trying to figure out a way to make money. Like it's a bad mm. thing. I'm like, <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and, 
And so, you know, I got, I just got into it with the teacher and she was like, oh yeah, the only one that actually makes any money from those books or the, is the author. You're just getting, you know, taken advantage of. You're just acting like a sheep and, you know, just buying it just like every, you know, literally this is what this teacher was telling me. Yeah. And like, I just remember this day so vividly, like that, that whole experience. And like, I just, I left school. Like I, I was, I was so upset. Cause like, then she got like kids in class, like teasing me for it as well. And, and I literally got up and I, I looked at her and I said, F you. And I, <laughs> I walked out of the class and I walked in my car and I got in my car and I fucking left. <laughs> I, I love that. Like, honestly, I think that's a good point, though, of this sense of just like how bad, like, A, how bad the education system is, is that like literally a teacher would be doing that. And B, the way to overcome it. And I really like that in the sense, just in general, like the way to overcome it is by finding a different environment. You, and that's a really good way to find a different environment is just by reading like self-development books to be like, all right, screw everyone who's literally around me. I'm just gonna yeah. read these books of people who actually are rich and actually are doing what I want to do. These are the people I need to be listening to. Everyone who's downing me is not rich, so screw them. I need to freaking make it happen and I just need to like put my like, like my, my uh, foot to the met to the pedal and like freaking just make it happen. Right. Like I, I kind of feel that in the sense that's a really good way if everyone's telling you something to just be like, no, I know these books, this makes sense to me. I'm freaking doing it. Like, let's just get it. And I, and I like it in the sense that I think the right answer is um, like just getting out of whatever environment you happen to be in when if it's a bad environment there were there are other people who've been on the show who've told me that or they were like in terrible environments for yeah. um themselves so okay so you did it by reading the, that was the first one is you did it by reading yeah. books you like did the self-development um let's go through it a little so then you graduate high school or what was your first business yeah. venture so I actually, I got into uh, network marketing, a, a company called Vima. Um, and so I, I got into this company and I like learned, I was like, oh my gosh, like I could make money with this thing. I'm like, right. <clears throat> hell yeah, let's do it. Because I, you know, all my side hustles were kind of like, you know, not things that were like long term, like it was like buying and reselling just, you know, like bracelets and different stuff online. Right. It wasn't, you know, anything that was going to make me rich. And so um I, I got into this network marketing company and I did, you know, when I was 17, I was, I just became a senior in high school. So it was the beginning of my senior year. Um, and this will tell you a lot about me on um, like when I get all in on something, how much I like go all in um, was I got into this and I was like, and I listened to an audio by Darren Hardy because he's a big proponent of network marketing. And so he talked about, he's like, if you're even going to do this type of a business, you're going to commit four years or you don't even do it at all. You're wasting your time. And I was like, okay, well, I need to commit four years to this thing then. I'm like, I'm not going to college then. I'm going to do this thing. And so I literally, I was just listening to that. I, I went from having like five or six different classes in high school that um, I needed. And then like three of those I needed for, um, and I was ahead in credits because I was, I, I took some extra classes my freshman and sophomore year. And mm -hmm. so by my senior year, I didn't need all these classes. I was taking a couple extra ones at that point because I'm like, okay, well, I need to go to college now. My parents are making me. And so I didn't even, you know, discuss it really with my parents. I was just like, I'm going to go make money with this network marketing deal. 
and I dropped my math class because I didn't need it to graduate. I dropped my, um, um, I had another English class because you needed like this uh, special English class for, you know, the college that I was going to go to dropped that class. And I literally got down to, I had my bare, I had two actual classes and then two just like free periods where I just would like sit in a classroom and do like my homework. Um, cause I was like, I don't care about college anymore. This is what I'm doing. And so, <laughs> I like that. So that was the beginning of my senior year. And I, I just went ham with like working this, this business and I recruited a lot of people. And, um, I got, it got to a point where I had like over a hundred people from my high school signed up for this company. I ended up getting called to the principal's nice. office and getting in trouble. <laughs> and they were like, you can't keep getting all these kids into this thing. And like, that's so it, funny. Yeah. So it became like a whole thing at our high school. And <laughs> it was, it was funny because I actually got voted most likely to be a billionaire from, from like our high school graduating class. Cause I had like, un, like everyone just stoked about making money at our, at our school. And I was just getting in trouble all the time for it. And I, I love that though. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so funny that you were like, literally, you literally were getting in trouble with the principal's office. Cause you were just starting a business in the high school. Like, yeah, yeah it was distracting too many people. Cause people were talking about it in all the different classes and it just became like a thing. And so um, you know, long story short with that, like by the time I was graduating high school, I was making over two grand a month, which obviously Ooh. now is nothing, but like two grand a month when you're back then 17, like it's like pretty solid, not, not bad. <laughs> it's above minimum wage. Like, and you're yeah. like, I actually own a business. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I want to quickly go back cause I'm reminding just to the fear of, um, you said like the main one that you'd say was the fear of, um, not making it like possibly not making it yeah where where do you where do you think that came from do you think that was from all these people like telling for you sure. you can't do it yeah oh, for sure for sure yeah. yeah like talk about talk a little bit more about that in the sense of like was it the fact that it like if they were right you would just be so mad or like that's like what, what I would was just it be, like then? totally like embarrassed right you know it's like yeah that's, i think that's a big thing but I, upon like starting in that network marketing business, all of my friends, like all of my like close to guy, closest guy friends, I was no longer friends with within three to six months of me doing that. All of them Damn. said I was stupid, was making fun of me, talking crap behind my back, telling Damn. people, you know, I was scamming people, like every, every bad thing you could think of. And I just, and then it, be, it made me become a loner because I was, I was, I was, you know, dedicated to being successful with this thing. And so I had just a very small group of people. And then I had new mentors that I had met that were in their twenties and thirties. And like, I'm over here in high school having to, you know, just trug through every day. And I was hating it. Like my last two quarters of high school was miserable for me. Like it was absolutely miserable. Every single day I went to school, I was hating my life there. And so, um, that, that was a big thing is like, it kind of like polarized me of like, this is what I'm doing. And like my, you know, and it wasn't even on purpose. Like I didn't like my friends that were my friends. I didn't, you know, if they didn't want to be involved, I didn't care. I just wanted to be friends, but they just didn't like that. I was doing something different and trying to, you know, shake things up and, you know, be different. And so, um, I found, I found support and, you know, having mentors, finding new mentors that could, you know, encourage me and coach me up. And then, um, a, t a ton of personal development. I was reading and listening to audios 
constantly on the way to school at audios in my in my Jeep that I would listen to on the way home from school. Like I was just I, w- I was physically at school. I was mentally checked out. I wasn't even there anymore. Right. The last three months of the year. How did you um, how did you find mentors so young? Like, what did you do? Um, so when I, when I joined that, that business, um, there were people that were like in their twenties and thirties, just making like six figures, seven figures. And like, I just found a way to reach out to them and, and like mm. ask them for guidance. And, and a lot of times, like what I found is when you're genuine about like your interests and like you, you're consistent and you show up and you work hard, like older people generally like to latch on to people like that. Um, I've had a lot of great mentors in my life that have latched on to me and, really poured into me a lot. And so I think from having those, those experience, you know, those people really have helped me a lot. And, and, and it was because I showed up consistently. I did what I said I was going to do. They gave me advice. I did. And I followed through on that advice. And I was an, I was an action taker. Like there's nothing worse that somebody could do than to like get advice from a mentor and then not take the advice. Like that's, I call those people ask holes. They come and ask for advice and then they just don't do anything with it. And then they like come back six months later and ask you for the same advice. I'm like, dude, it's like groundhog day. Every time we talk, you don't take action on anything we talk about. It's the same conversation. Right. I definitely, I know there, there are people who hit me up who are like that for sure. Like every once in a while, there's one guy who like actually uses the advice. And then yeah. when they and show me refreshing, and you're like, dude, yes. Like what else can I help you with? Right. Like right. you want to continue to pour into those type of people. hundred percent. Cause I'm like, okay, now let's do it. Like now I yeah. see that you're doing something. Let's like make some stuff happen. So yeah, I love it. Awesome. So, okay. Continuing on with the story. You're in, you mu- eventually graduate high school. You're in MLM uh, or the Bima. Um, yeah. How does that go? Where what what happens next? Uh, it's great. It turns into um, over the next four years, um, <clears throat> because I committed four years. Right over right. the next four years, I built a team of over. Wait, sorry, hold on. Let me interrupt you for a second. When you yeah. say you committed four years, I mean like if you don't sign a contract, and you, it's not like you sign a contract and you're no, enslaved. I made, mental, right? I made a mental con. I made a mental contract. Right. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about for a second. Was just like how did you end up doing that where it was a mental contract? I think I've, I've made a mental contract basically with myself that I'm going to do this forever (laughs) more or less because I love it so much. Um, so like, I want to know, like, how do you, how does one even make a mental contract? What do you mean? And like, like, cause I think that would be a powerful tool for somebody who's just starting to use, like, especially if they're fe- when you're feeling down, like the idea of mental contracts in general, like, I kind of want you to expand on like what that means, what's the idea behind that and like how, how one could use that. So what I did is I always like to work things backwards. And so what I did was, <clears throat> well, well, Darren Hardy, I like, I was just like, I just was listening. I was like, Darren Hardy. Um, so here's the thing. Darren Hardy became a millionaire by 21, had a $25 million company at 25. Damn. And he's telling me things that I should do. So I'm like, well, shit, I should probably listen. I want to do that. So I just listened blindly, honestly, because he had what I wanted. And so the advice isn't listen blindly. The advice is like, if someone has what you want and you uh, get advice from them, just shut up. Your opinion doesn't really matter. Like do what they told you to do. And so like, that's, that was my thing. I'm like, I'm just going to subscribe 
to people that have the things that I want or have accomplished things that I want. And I'm just going to listen to them and not really care what anyone else tells me because they don't have what I want. And so that's um, when, when he talked about like committing four years and I, so I gave myself, I'm like, okay, like in, in four years, um, I can look at this and, and, and so in this particular company, I'm like, if I, if there, there's different ranks, right? Like, you know, at certain levels of sales volume, you're driving through the company. And so I'm like, if I only like rank advanced, if I only went up, you know, a couple ranks a year <coughs> for four years and four years, I would be making a hundred grand a year. Would it be worthwhile to spend four years to get to making a hundred grand a year or go to college, get $50,000 in debt? So then graduate and then maybe be making 50. I'm going to take the bet on the four years for the hundred thousand. Even if I don't make it, I at least gave it my best shot. And at least right. I committed. I could always go back to college, you know? So like that was my, that was kind of what, where I, you know, I figured it out. And like in any business, if someone commits dedicatedly and actually takes consistent action for four years, you should be making six figures. And if you're not, you're just a lazy piece of shit. Like if you worked for four years, straight and you actually worked and you, you know, course corrected, you read books consistently and you tried to be better every year. And in four years, if you're not making a hundred grand plus a year and in and, and the same type of business. Now, I'm not saying like if you change your business every six months, like a lot right. of people do, but if you're in the same business for four years, then you're just like some, like you just aren't fucking all there in the head or something. Cause you should be able to get to that point. I am a hundred percent and you know, a believer of that, like really within a couple of years, you should be able to, if you are taking consistent action, it, you're driving forward, not just like a side hustle, kind of like, you know, tiptoeing around the thing and like, yeah, like I'm doing this thing on the side. It's like, no, this is what I'm doing. Like yeah. the, the commitment level has to be there. I was going to say in real estate also, I feel like it's like two years. Like if you're actually like full time doing it for two years, I, I like, temper expectations. <laughs> yeah, like, I like with real estate. I'm like, this is like, I'd say two years, right? Like, if, like I think it's impossible, like not to at least make a hundred K just because like you could, I feel like you could in real estate, you can accidentally get one deal and accidentally make a hundred K, even if you like suck at everything. Like, yeah. I don't know, like that's how crazy real estate can be. And that's like yeah. the, the power of consistency in general of like, if you're willing to put something into it and just follow, you just listen to millionaires. Like I'm gonna rant a little bit just cause I'm yeah. getting me ranting a little bit in the <laughs> sense of like, that's literally, I think one of the things that I did better with sub two than like anybody else was that I consistently went in, asked questions of pace and then I just did it. I did it. I didn't really even think about it. I was like, sometimes I didn't really think about whether it was good for me or not, but like I still did it. And I'd say like 90% of the time it ended up working out and doing what, like what needed to be done. Cause he's at like such a higher level than me. And like, I really feel that with Jamil too, cause I'm an Asher student, like just lit, like listening to people who have what you want and then just doing the formula, the way they say it, not just like doing it your way, which is yeah. the wrong way. I guarantee you your way is the wrong way because otherwise you would be rich. You would be the millionaire and not them, right? Right, yeah. exactly. Oh, and it would be like, and like you got to do it their way. 
And then once you've made some money, try tweaking it a little yes. bit maybe to like yeah. make it your way, right? Like that's what I've done with like my business now is like there's like certain things where I'm like, okay, I'm a teensy bit different. Let me try this out yeah. and then it ends up working for me, right? Yeah. So like 100% guys, like that's what you need to do like in like just find like I think that's almost always the first step for whatever you want to do is like find a mentor of some sort and if they give you keep trying people because I know some people just won't even respond but I'd say just keep yeah. trying people and then the person who does respond immediately do whatever they say yes immediately I feel that's, like that's just it that that's really the the thing and that's where I mean and that's what I did and that's why you know I just followed and that's where I was like you know what I'm giving this thing four years and it's like you know, people are so quick to like think that they're not like it's failing because they're not getting results. Like, no, did you think you were just going to get rich in 60 days? Like, <laughs> like what? Like, I don't like you think you think with the 20, 30, 40, 50 years oh, of programming God. of like negative habits, eating shit food, not exercising, not listening to personal development, not taking consistent action on a daily, regular basis, no business skills, no sales skills, no marketing skills no operation skills. You're going to magically get started into this business and be a millionaire in 60 days. Like that's what people <laughs> think. And it's like, you have no skills and you have no business coming in and having that type of expectation. And that, that's like one of the other things when people are like, well, how long should it take me? I'm like, I don't know. Your, your past is a fucking train wreck. So right. your future can be different, but you have to temper expectations with, if you don't have any skills to, you know, bring to what you're doing, just commit four years and be like, you know what? I'm going to be great at this in four years. And so I that's what it. I kind of take the mindset at, you know, just going fast forward to today. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just, I just want to be a student of the things that I'm doing. I want to learn and stay a student and stay curious and stay, you know, trying to consistently be better myself and in all areas. And that's, um, you know, I, I'm going on a tangent here, but you know, no, it's okay. <laughs> no, I like tangents. I, I brought you on that tangent. I like going on <laughs> tangents away from the story if I think it's valuable. Um, so now we'll keep going. So you made the four year, four year commitment for your contract in your head. Basically, it doesn't even sound like it almost sounds like you were just like your, like your mentor just was like, all right, four years. And then you're like, all right, done four years. Boom. I was like, sure. Not, not even, down. not even thinking about it, which is dope. So keep going. So you start doing it for four years and what happens? Yeah. So, uh, long, I'll just go long story short. Um, within those four years, um, I built an organization. I had over, I'd like 2,200 people in my, in my downline, in my organization. Um, and I was doing almost 6 million a year in revenue by Ooh. 20. So Hot was, damn. <laughs> so was was doing doing good and I had teams all over the world. And I mean back in 2013 and 14, I spent, you know, six months in Norway and Sweden and Austria and doing events and you know, conferences and putting on stuff out there. Spent a bunch of time in 2014 in Australia and New Zealand. I had teams in um, Sydney and Brisbane and Auckland, New Zealand. And um, so I I traveled a lot of the world in you know 2013 and 14 doing events in a lot of different states and putting on, you know, um, events from, you know, doing everything from like the putting the team together, planning, organizing invites and everything in different states and countries from groups as small as 10 to groups as big as 3000, you know, that, that attended some of these trainings that I would put on. And so I, you know, became 
you know, I, I hit the, I was like the top 50 income earner in that company and the youngest, um, youngest one as well. And in, in their top 50 rankings. And so, um, you know, I had, um, so I was making six figures, you know, good six figure income at eight from, you know, 18 to 21. And, um, it was awesome. And I made a bunch of money and I learned a lot of the great lessons on leadership, recruiting, training, and like managing and organizing people. And so those, those lessons have served me dearly to this day and had a lot of great mentors, but, um, I didn't have any mentors teaching me money management. So unfortunately I, I blew all the money. I spent every, everything that I made, I spent on like, you know, designer clothes and like watches and, you know, um, like I was, I was 21 living in a 4,000 square foot house with two cars and I was traveling, you know, the world like four to six months of the year. So it's like unnecessary house, unnecessary car expenses, bought them both brand new because I didn't know. I wish I was buying real estate because I was making good money in 2011, 12 and 13 when the market was down. So it's like right. all of these things that I should have done, should have, could have, would have, right? But I didn't have any financial mentors in my life. And so um, what ended up happening <clears throat> the company ended up shutting off their their network marketing model and like restructuring and so like from every thursday you know i was used to getting anywhere from like a two thousand dollar to five thousand dollar check being deposited in my account every thursday direct deposit just one thursday it didn't show up and then it never showed up again and then i had to sell mm -hmm. both my cars and you know paid negative paid just to get out of them had to sell everything yeah. in my house that i was living in and had to break the lease move back to my parents back at home and literally had everything go to zero and then i had you know all the haters that shut up because i was making a bunch of money came back out of the woodworks just talking shit online again Damn. about what you know and then went through a uh, long story short about six months of uh depression and you know but during the time, got my real estate license, and you know, seven <laughs> years later, here we are. So, all right, so let's talk. Let's break that down a little bit because that's a crazy story in and of itself. <laughs> like that, that that's pretty wild in the sense you went from making six mil in revenue all of the, and then all the way to zero, and then back to where you are now. Like that's wild, just in general. So, like, I mean, I feel like that is almost that is almost my greatest fear right now talking to myself right now like my greatest fear is i become super successful in real estate and then something happens and then i lose all of it right like that yeah. that to me is like because that's the worst in the sense that like you had it you finally start showing people it that you had mm -hmm. the you had the status you had yeah. you were the guy who like is the rich guy rich friend or whatever right yeah. and then you know whatever like in terms of in terms of yours it's like the thing is you were i don't know w2 you were job right like it was you were under a company right so like they were i was 1099 but but you know i was being paid by a company i was right i thought I, I thought i was a business owner but you know once i realized that i wasn't the one like on the check i realized how much i wasn't and yeah realizing they could change the comp and everything and then it goes away <laughs> right exactly so that's honestly, that's one of my greatest fears right now is like, like that, like going back to that. So like, talk about, I mean, like, how did you, how did you get through that? Right? Like that, that could, I think certain people that could knock them out. So how did you get through it? Oh, dude, that was the hardest time. I mean, that was, that was, I mean, I was in a bad place, man. Like I, like I sold every, like, cause the, the cars that I had, I had bought them new. And so when I had to sell them in a fire sale, you know, I had, I had negative equity and I had to cut a check to sell those. And right. so, you know, down to that. And then, 
um, you know, going back to my parents from like living in a nice house, like with my girlfriend at that time and, you know, and just like live, buying whatever I wanted, doing whatever I wanted, flying wherever I wanted, just literally doing whatever I wanted for, you know, a few years at a young age. And so, um, and, and I, and I had a bunch of friends that were in their mid twenties and they were my bad influences. I had a bunch of young friends that were like a little bit higher ranks making like, you know, 300 grand, 500 grand, 700 grand, one that was making like a million a year and they were all mid twenties. And so I was just like partying with them and doing right. whatever and having fun. And so that was my influences financially were all bad. I had great right. mentors to like be good at business, but very bad financial mentor. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when, when that all, uh, you know, came crashing down, you know, I just, I was depressed and I was, I was depressed. I was anxious. I've always, I've had a history throughout my, you know, since my teens of anxiety attacks and like I had them under control. And then once all that happened, those came back and, you know, I was struggling with those for a while and, right. um, you know, but I was like, well, I got to figure out my next move. And so, you know, I, I was like, well, I know that Darren Hardy got rich through real estate and I know that that's a good, a good business to be in. So I'm going to get into real estate. And so, um, you know, I, I, I was probably sleeping 12 to 13 hours a day because I was so depressed and it was so hard to wake up in the morning, just so mm. hard to wake up in the morning just to be excited about life because of everything that happened. <laughs> and so I, uh, and, and having that fear of like, did I get lucky? You know, am I, right. am I going to be good enough to be successful again? And so, um, you know, I, I definitely, um, you know, share with that, that fear that, you know, you're, you're sharing, you know, I had that fear of like, you know, am I going to be able to do this again? And so, um, you know, I got within six months of like excruciatingly painful anxiety and depression, working through that and getting my real estate license um, and you know, then at that point I was like, all right, like, I'm going to just, I'm just going to go be a freaking rock star real estate agent. So just went and hustled, bought a, you know, bought another training called fearless agent at the time. And <clears throat> let me know, interrupt you for a second. Cause yeah, yeah. I want to understand when you say working, I was working through it. Was the working through it just getting into being a real estate agent was that would you say that yeah how I, I would say about i would say about like a month and a half was me like feeling sorry for myself and just like honestly like should i just like i just want to die like i right. was in a really dark place honestly and so it, it was like a month and a half of like kind of just like ptsd because i was like i i was I was the guy like I was on like posters right. and shit for this company. I was on a billboard in Phoenix for this company. Like I was right. I everything was amazing. And it just literally like rug ripped out from under you um, and everything you knew financially falls apart. You, you know, you as like a status person, like I would go to conventions with 10,000 people. Everyone would be taking pictures <laughs> with me and like, you know, everyone Damn. would want to come hang out at my room. I'd have like hundreds of people in like a penthouse suite in Vegas. And like, that's that was crazy. what I was used to for years. <laughs> That's wild. Like literally four years of or three years of that. And so like now all of that's gone. Money's gone. All the people, it's just like everything is gone. And so it was just like a very strong shock, you know? And so I just, it took me like, a, 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 you know, the, the, the wind out of my sail for, you know, it, it was really six months of really struggled, struggling depression for sure. <clears throat> but about a month and a half of just like, I just couldn't really do much. Cause I would, it was just so much that I had to clean up. Cause it was like, 
after it happened, I had to get rid of the cars and had to figure out where I was going to live. I had to go back to my parents and then I didn't have a car and I was like, fuck, like all my money's gone. And I had to, you know, figure out buying like a, ended up getting like a Chevy Volt just so I can have like an affordable car. Right. You know? So it was like all, it was like ego death, ego death, ego death. And then just people just like shitting on me that were, you know, excited. The company, you know, was having the issues it was having. So it was just like all of these negative things happened. And, um, you know, so how, how did you, how does that affect you today? you think because that's like i that is like one of those things there are certain things where life whacks you is what i say is like there are certain they like things that happen in life where you just get hit over the head with a baseball that was a whacker that, that was a, that <laughs> definitely whacked some people that i knew that were like similar success in that company that have not recovered still <laughs> yeah and like i want to because like we're literally talking to people who are dealing with this right now like in the chat so like i want to like i really wanted that's why i'm asking these questions especially of like being like like um like one like things like what so like when you're doing that like what did you take from it like i get it like it sounds like here's my what i'm getting from this is that the way to get out of it is to just get back on the horse like get back on the bicycle and just keep riding and like figure like start figuring out the plan to be able to get back on the horse right like uh, like it sounds like that's the quicker you were able to do that, the quicker the problem was solved. That's my interpretation yeah. of what you said. Um, yeah. So tell me if I'm right. And then also tell me if, um, tell me what you got out of that whole experience that you, um, that helps you with like what you do now. Yeah. So, so I would say like, you know, in life, like we all become accustomed to a certain standard. Right. And so like, I became accustomed to a certain standard of living. Like there's a certain type of like hotel that I will or will not stay in. There's a certain type of like Airbnb that I will or will not stay in at that time. There weren't Airbnbs, but like hotels. Right. And like a certain type of like vehicle that I will and will or will not want to be in or drive. And, you know, you start, you get these standards for yourself and, <clears throat> and really, you know, with all of that crashing down, like it really like bothered me to my core. Cause I'm like, I don't accept like this standard for my life. Um, I, I require a, a higher level of standard of how I'm going to be living. And so I just didn't, I couldn't stay in that place. Um, and so, you know, after that month and a half, it was just like, okay, <clears throat> I I'm, I'm doing this real estate agent thing. And so I just like hustled through real estate agent classes, got my license and then immediately went to work for a, a couple months, tried to figure it out on my own. And then, you know, um, I'll, I'll continue on that story. Cause I, I want to answer your other question, but how it affects me today is like, that's why I'm, that's why I'm conservative, man. Like I, make sure my financial house is in order, like my personal financial house. Cause I, I went through a lot of financial education and I've, I've heavily, heavily invested in my own personal financial education through my twenties. Now, after that mm -hmm. experience to make sure like working towards just being financially unshakable myself. And so that's, uh, it's really had me and, and it, and it humbled me because I, you know, as you can imagine at that age, like I <laughs> yeah. developed an ego. I, I thought I was the shit and like everyone was telling me I was a shit and I had money coming in all the time. So I thought I, you know, I thought I was a shit. And so I, I had a bad ego, honestly, at that mm -hmm. age, <laughs> like, honestly, like I, it would disgust me if I think back to like how I would act, um, in certain environments. And so, you know, I think it was the best thing God could have done for me was, you know, uh, I was gonna, me. I was gonna ask that, like, do you think that was the universe or God, like, 
smiting you if you would say like i think i like that like i'm i'm a pretty big believer in the universe is what i call it of like how things come around like what do you think of that do you think there was any maybe supernatural or like just something other than just simply the company like going under doing whatever um hindsight 2020 right like during the time i was just like ah like this is horrible but like now like i think yeah i think it was you know god just like and kind of like smacking me um just like you fool like i'll take all this away from you you know right. so um you don't appreciate it and you don't you aren't you know doing the right things that i i would approve of right so that's what i think um <clears throat> and so it's it's and and I hope I come across like this. It's it really humbled me to where I'm like everything could be taken away from you as fast as you can get it. And so I I hope that I come across this way in in the world that you know I I'm significantly more humble than I was in, at that age. And so it humbled me in a way because I'm like you know everything that I have can be taken away, and then I can you know I can get it back again. Like I know now I now know with the skills that I have I can get it back over and over again. Um, but you know the um, like you know financial lessons and like the way I manage money is like I'm very conservative. Like I you know probably should be more aggressive, but I just I just don't care. Like I make good money and I have things that I want. And like my next thing is just going to be moving into like a dream house. But after that, I'm not doing like crazy. Like I'm not going to mm -hmm. go risk what I have for something that I don't need. Any, right. Like I already have enough money where like I'm good. Like, yes, I don't have my dream garage because I want to collect like half a million dollar cars. And like that's not logical yet at the stage that I'm at. But like. You know, I, I just look at things so much more differently. Um, and, right. just, you know, I have a lot more conservative view on on like risk. I don't have a very high risk tolerance. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. You got burned, right? Yeah. So, all right. keep We'll keep going on with the story. So you start becoming a real estate agent. You start mm -hmm. doing that. What happens? Yeah. So a couple months of just like floundering, like not not like just figuring out paperwork. So I'm like, God damn, this is a lot of paperwork. And like, I don't right. know what I'm doing with this paperwork. So I did that for a couple months of like, you know, I did some rentals and stuff like that. And, um, you know, after, um, you know, a couple months, I was like, man, like I got to figure out how to get business because all my 20 year old friends are broke. All they talk about at the brokerage is work your sphere. I'm like, all my sphere is 20 years old. None of them are buying houses. <laughs> like I can't work my sphere. Like I have a couple older friends that are buying and sure I can help those two. But after that, now what? So right. I, <clears throat> I got it. I paid for a coaching program and um, got into a, a mastermind um, within, you know, the next you know, three, four months. And, you know, just all I would do every, like, literally this is like my schedule. I would wake up in the morning. I would, I would practice my scripts and my listing presentation and just get better and better at that. I would practice objection handling. And then I, all I would do five to seven hours a day was I was like, cause I don't have a sphere. I don't have the convenience of that. I cold called fit for sale by owners, expireds, canceled. Um, and I did that. And then I would just circle prospect, which is just cold calling in certain neighborhoods where I wanted to get listings. And all I would do is that five to seven hours a day. And then I would work out. And then at night I would practice my presentation more if I didn't have appointments I was on, or I would listen to more personal development. And then on the weekends on Saturday, Sunday, I would do an open house Saturday and Sunday. And I'd be practicing my presentation at the open houses in between guests coming in. And that's all I did for like the next year. And magically, I, you know, I made 150 grand and it was like, I love it. oh my gosh. 
I love it. I have a question for you because this is something because I this I was looking at the title and I just thought about this because um, like you're I think of you as an integrator, right? Like primarily an integrator because Pace is such a visionary, right? But like yeah. all the things you're talking about are very they sound visionary as like very salesy, very much like um, like you know talking in front of crowds and stuff like that and like maybe you can dispel some like notions for me and for everyone in the audience like what does it what does it mean to be like an integrator the person who creates the systems and what type of person is that and maybe they can also be good at sales and like can you can you talk a little bit about that for a second yeah i think it just matters like where you get energy and where you don't get energy <clears throat> so for me like i get energy like looking at inefficiencies and processes and like seeing how to make those better or to add like pieces on like I can like as an integrator like I can look at like pace has some crazy ass idea of like I want to do all of this and then like I can see like that idea and it's like here's the end result of that idea and I can see like from start of like like all the steps along the way that are going to have to happen for that end thing to be able to happen and so I just can see that like that's how my brain visually works is like I could visualize out an entire process and that's interesting so that's that's how that works for me um i think it's you know i don't get energy from doing sales um i in in some ways like i get energy from recruiting people i like recruiting employees i love doing that that's fun for me um mm -hmm. i don't like talk i don't like selling a widget i don't like you know talking to sellers and trying to sell them i don't you know i i just I'm just so matter of fact. And that's, you know, I think that helps serve me in recruiting people for our teams, for our companies. Um, I, I feel like I have a talent with that. I think we have some great people. Um, but, you know, I, I think, <clears throat> you know, as an, as an integrator personality, like you have visionary and integrator tendencies and you like lean into where your strengths are, I think is that that's what's important. And so for me, I just try to lean into the the, the strengths that I have. And, and a lot of those things happen to be around, you know, process improvement. Um, but, you know, you, you, depending on if you have a partner or not, you have to step out into the, uh, uh, in, into the crowd and, and do some of the things you don't want to do. And, and for me, I don't, I don't like, I'm not scared of speaking in front of people. Like I did that for years and put on conferences right. and events. And like, I did, like, I am, I have zero fear about speaking in front of one person yeah, or a hundred thousand people. But the fears I have is more not a fear. It's just like a dread. Like if you told me I had to wake up tomorrow and call, like cold, like cold call people and and then like talk to try to convince people to like let me list their house like i like i'd want to put a gun to my head <laughs> like explain what do you that sounds like fear like what do you mean like what's <laughs> what do you it's just so miserably with? it's just so miserable boring and painfully just like uh, right. i hate it so like it's just not fun like i did it and like that's like I, you know, long story short, I did the agent thing. Like I, you know, I crushed it. I like was doing the things and then I hired a couple agents and I had an admin and I literally got to the point where like one day I just was like, I hated my life for six months straight of doing that, but I was making mm. great money. And I just like kept waking up and I'm like, if I hate my day, if I hate myself every day for six months, I'm hating my life. And if I hate my life for too long, it means it's a miserable life. And so I literally one day with that, I just like, told my admin i'm like i'm getting out of this business and i told the agents that worked under me i'm like deuces guys like i'm not doing this anymore i hate it i don't want to do it and i'm gonna go do wholesaling <laughs> i love it that's sick so okay so to start so to start off that story so 
you hear about how do you hear about wholesaling? How do you like decide that that's the move? Um, honestly, like I had uh, a few people that had gotten deals from me, like as an agent, that they ended up wholesaling them, and I didn't really understand how that you know really worked, but like they made money and whatever, and so <clears throat> that was interesting. And so for me, I was like, I got into real estate because I wanted to invest in real estate and be an owner, and so. Um, after a couple of years of doing that, all I owned was my own residence that I lived in. And I was like, man, like I got into this to invest. And, you know, between the hating being an agent and the, um, you know, a desire to be on the other side of, you know, actually eventually owning real estate, um, a, a lot of real estate, I was like, this is the path I have to go. I don't have, you know, tons of cash, so I can't, you know, go and just start flipping. You know, I had, you know, a decent, I had maybe 40 or 50 grand, you know, just set aside. Um, so I could just like, Hey, like, I'm just going to go do this thing. And I was house hacking. I lived in a house that was a four bedroom that I owned and I rented two of the bedrooms and my third bedroom uh, or my fourth bedroom was a, was my office. And so I just set myself up where I had low expenses. So I could just go all in on, on wholesale right. and just focus on that. And so I did the th same thing as, uh, I did with, you know, the Darren Hardy thing is I'm like, Hey, like I'm going to do this for four years and I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I love it. Um, so tell the story with how you met Pace and how like, you know, the real cranking started happening. Cause like, I, I know this story, but I want my audience to know it. Yeah. So, I mean, with Pace, like I had reached out to a lot of people cause I'm like, like it, you know, as an agent, I wanted to find the right people. I could learn to be a better agent and the same thing I wanted to do once I got into wholesaling. So after a string of, you know, buying some shitty courses and, you know, I wasted a few grand on courses that were like really bad and didn't really give me good insight on what to do. And then, um, you know, I paid, um, some people local in Arizona, um, you know, thousands of dollars to teach me and they did like nothing for me. And so I was like, man, like I'm just getting burned out here, but I didn't stop. I just kept pushing forward. And so, um, I just kept reaching out to people. Like I would listen to, like, I'd have my dual monitors and I'd be doing my own text campaigns. I had a couple of VAs generating leads. I was getting a couple deals a month. And so like, I was doing my thing, but I wasn't like, I, I was stuck. I was like, I keep doing two to three deals a month. And these two to three deals would be like five to eight to $12,000 assignments. You know, like I just kept getting, I was just stuck in that, that same cycle, which I mean, for a lot of people they are like, I would love to be stuck at, you know, 20 to 25,000 a month. But like, I was right. like, I want to go to a hundred, you know? You're right. Exactly. So, so I was, uh, um, you know, being stuck and, you know, just reaching out. Like I reached out to dozens and dozens of people trying to just like, pointless meetings. Like I would meet with people seeing like, is there synergy here? Is there synergy here? Can we do J JV deals together? Like I met with so many people and reached out to so many people. So many people never reached back out to me or never responded. So hold um, on. Why, why did you have that need to do that? Like most people, was it, was it literally, you're just like, I'm not reaching the thing and you, I'm, yeah, you, like, I was just know like, that you need to I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not, I got to break through. Like I, I you like knew my, you needed somebody else to do yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, I just got to figure And I didn't know if it was a partnership or like, we just need to JV on some deals and then it would like click for me. Or like, I just didn't know what the thing was to like really go to that, you know, next level. And so, um, then I was listening to, um, like I, my religious thing was like, every time real estate disruptors was on, on Steve Trang, I was, <coughs> I would listen while I was just working all day. And so, he had pace on. I, I probably messaged almost every guest that he would have in, in some way and asking to, you know, share about, give, bring them value in some way. Uh, most didn't respond to me, honestly. Um, but 
Ace gave out his phone number on the thing. And he's like, yeah, I'm great. You know, long story short, he was like, yeah, I close a bunch of deals. I'm a great salesperson. And I was like, that's cool. Like he's great at selling and I don't really like selling. Maybe I could bring this dude leads. So like, I remember texting him. I'm like, wait, sorry, can I interrupt again? I'm curious. How many people did you text before pace? Like how many people were you? None of them put the numbers on there. No one put their phone on everyone else. I'd like Facebook message or Instagram DM, you know, some other way. And so, um, and like a couple of them would respond and be like, yeah, man, keep getting after it. Or like, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, but like you how know, many was it? Because I, I just want like, cause if, let's say somebody's like thinking about this, like, damn, like what if I like, it might sound funny, but like, it's like, damn, I listen to Steve Trang all the time. Maybe I should just hit up every single person on there. Like how many, how many like interviews do you think it took until like, I probably messaged at least somewhere between like eight to 12 people from right. there. And then outside of that, people that I found on other YouTube channels or on Facebook groups and things, another 10 to 15. So like a good right. 20, 25 people I've tried to like you know reach out to that were like doing good things and like most were wouldn't respond or if they did they'd just be like you know keep getting after it man or whatever right. so, um you know when and I, and I, and i wasn't offended by any of that i was just like i'm just trying to make my my place here and i like yeah this is outreach like I wasn't expecting handouts you know so right um for my mindset that i had gotten you know <laughs> from being a network marketing, like I had a, a lot of training already at that point. And so, um, on, on kind of like tempering my own expectations as well. So when I messaged pace, I was just like, Hey man, my name's Cody Barton. Um, uh, I saw you on Steve Chang's podcast and you know, you're great at closing and selling your closing sellers. And, uh, you know, it's not really my strong suit, but I'm great at generating leads. I have leads and, um, you know, if you'd let me, I'd love to give you my leads and, um, and let you close them. You can keep all the money. Um, but I just, I just want to watch you. Uh, I just want to be there for when you close them so I could learn what you're doing so I can get better. Um, and that's, that was literally the dynamic of what that message was to him at that time. And, um, you know, we, uh, we ended up, you know, we, we were supposed to, we like got on the phone, chatted for a little bit, then we're supposed to meet up. He bailed. And then I followed up again. Then we met up at some little Mexican restaurant, talked about, um, just what we're both doing. And then like nothing really came about it for like a week. And then he like was supposed to go golfing and his like golf tournament got canceled because it rained. And he's like, Hey, like I'm driving by, we actually lived three miles from each other, which is crazy. Like we'd never met each other. Yeah. And so he's like, I was driving by the McDonald's near your house. He's like, come meet me over here because the golf tournament I was going to canceled, bring your best leads. And so like, I literally like met him at that McDonald's and I was like, here are my five hottest leads. And within three weeks, we had five contracts. And we, you know, then the rest of the story then was the end of the story. So here we are. I love it. <laughs> and now you're here. I mean, that's just freaking crazy. I mean, like, it is so interesting thinking like dealing like with pace, like is like so chaotic in the sense like he's just doing so much all the time. Like how, um, like, how did you develop that relationship like how did that how did like how did that like form where like that trust was made there like i guess the way i've heard is that you pace talk about it was like dating somebody as a partner like how do you do the dating of a partnership to find out if they're the one for you um i think just joint venturing on stuff for a few months and then you know seeing how you how you do and you know um hopefully that something goes bad along one of those deals so you kind of see how each other react or respond to that and so um you know three months of us just like 
you know, joint venturing on deals, then we're like, Hey, like, let's kind of split some of the cost of what the money is for some of those leads. And then we did that for a couple more months. And, and then, um, we were like sitting at his kitchen table one day and he's like, you know, maybe in like two or three more months, uh, if we don't hate the shit out of each other, maybe we should just partner. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, that sounds good. I was like, everything's going good so far. And he's like, yeah, I think so too on my end. And I'm like, all right, well, let's just keep doing what we say we're going to do every day. So it's just like, seeing out our follow through was like and seeing if we're consistent with what are we say we're going to do with what we do and then we actually when money comes in we do it with the money what we're supposed to and when a deal goes sideways and we both have to lose how we respond to that situation too and so we luckily had all of those things happen and so we're like well you know we we get along um you know we want to strangle each other you know and that's still to this day like i want to strangle pace at least twice a month at least at least <laughs> Um, but you know, like that's, that's part of it, you know? And so it's just, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like football. It's like a football team. It's like, you need different, um, you know, you have different people like a quarterback and then you have like, you know, alignment. It's like, it's not that one of them is more valuable than the other. It's like, you need both of them. Like the quarterback's going to get smashed if the lineman's not there to protect them. But you know, no one's going to throw the ball if the quarterback's not there. So it's like, right. kind of had to have different people on the team to, to do different things. And so it doesn't, you know, we have a respect for each other, but it doesn't mean we always like each other because we, you know, we have to, we have to, you know, he has to push me to drive us forward faster. And then I have to like, try to put some brakes on. Cause it's like, this is a fucking mess, dude. Like, how are we supposed to do this with our <laughs> current staff? You know? So it's like, there's so many great things and you know about it, but you know, he'll be like, you know, he'll go to like a grant grant like seminar and he'll come back and he's like, this is ridiculous. Why isn't our team performing like grants media team? I'm like, well, because he has 62 employees on his team and we have 12. So <laughs> we don't have all of those people. And he's like, they just, we just need to have people work harder or, you know, different things. I like, love it. Like, it's that whole tempering, you know, back and forth. No, but that's what makes a good partner. It's like yin and yang, like, right? Like you gotta yeah. like, like, it's like a, it, how you, like how you, I, like I read this, this was like, I don't know if you like Jordan Peterson at all, but I remember he had this whole thing where it's like, it's, you can kind of keep your hand straight, just going one, like it's somewhat smooth, but to really keep it smooth, you should like have like a force against it. Right. Like that makes it the most smooth possible. And you're just talking yeah. about that principle, right. Mm -hmm. Of like those opposing forces drive forward and it drives success forward. So yeah. I absolutely love it. I mean, it's dope watching, seeing everything you guys are doing, right. Like it's, it's incredible. So, um, my man, we have hit the hour. I'm going to ask you my last question and then we'll get into right. plug and stuff. But my last question is if you could go back to your high school self, I really want the high school self where we started this podcast and you could tell high school Cody, one thing, knowing everything, you know, knowing everything you're going to go through, knowing everything you're, you have now, where you are at right now, what would you say to young Cody? Do everything that you were going to do anyways. I love it. I love when people answer that. I love when people answer that because that's the right answer. Because like, look where you are now. <laughs> You're fucking balling out, dude. So yeah, because it ended up working out in the end. So I love it. I love yeah. it. And like, I want to go into the people listening right now in the sense of like, that's the attitude you got to have wherever you're at right now, even if it's terrible right now. Like for me, my, like a lot of my systems are blowing up currently, but like, I still would have never done it any differently because of where I am now and where I'm going to be. So I like, honestly, guys, like keep pushing through it. Like no matter what, like 
trust me, just be glad everything's happened to you to where you are now, because it could be so much worse. And like, it's just keep doing it. Keep doing the thing. Um, Cody, my man, where can people reach you? Is there anything you want to promote? Like, tell me how my people can help you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, I mean, connect to find, you know, follow me on Instagram, Cody Barton official on there. Um, you know, I have my YouTube channel, just, you could search Cody Barton and you'll find me. I am not the, uh, professional football player. There is also another Cody Barton. That's a football player. That is not me. Um, <laughs> but he is also on YouTube. Um, so, you know, follow me on there, you know, um, if you are wanting to scale your business, virtual assistants are definitely the way go to start virtual.com. But other than that, you know, I, I just want to, you know, hope, hope to hope to share some things that, you know, can help people with their, uh, with their learning curve and be able to, you know, move, move forward and hopefully break through some of the fears. But I think really just, you know, success just comes down to like commitments you make to yourself. And, you know, for me, like that, that initial four year commitment that I made to myself was all the difference because no matter what I was, and whenever I had a bad day, I was like, well, man, I'm only seven months into this four years. I got some time to, I got some time on my side. I think people just got to give themselves longer time horizons and not, you know, success is the crock pot business, not a microwave business. You know, take some True. time, take some time. True. Um, I want to ask, cause like you gave out, it's at Cody Barton official. This is yep. obviously where somebody could DM you like, yeah. right. What, let's say, let's say somebody's listening to this podcast, they're hearing it. They're like, damn, look what he, he found pace through like Steve Trang. Like I, he's, we've been talking about like how to reach out to mentors and stuff. Ideally, like almost word for word. Like if someone was trying to learn from you or somebody was trying to like, I don't know, help you out or like, what would you want from them? What would you want them to say to you to like connect with you? Hmm. Or do you not want them to connect with you? You can just be like, honestly, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I mean, answer I'm happy too. to give feedback. You know, if people have like questions on things like, you know, I'm happy to, um, you know, give feedback and insight if people message me, like there's not really anything that I necessarily need. Like I, what I, what I need currently right now is, Hmm. I mean, I don't like we're hiring employees for our companies and like just like our recruiting funnel. Like I don't there's nothing that I really need that I don't have like a resource to get right now to or like someone to, to ask. So I don't I don't really need anything, but, you know, happy to, you know, happy to bring value. I mean, I need more YouTube subscribers. That's what I need. Go subscribe. Okay. So you, we got YouTube subscribers, <laughs> we got YouTube subscribers, probably IG followers. So a lot of, so it sounds like mainly social media. Yeah. If you have, if you know someone who needs to get it, needs a job, like Cody needs that guys figure out a way to get these things, right? If you actually like seriously want to connect with Cody, don't just immediately sit here and be like, oh, I can't do that. So sucks to suck, I guess. Like, no, like if you really, if you really like felt this podcast and you really want to like do something and like connect with this man who's making se like uh seven figures in every single business eight figures in some of them in like every single business he starts like this is someone you want on your team right so figure out like how you're gonna give value to it he told you what he wants so figure it out guys that's the key if you actually want to connect with somebody like this so anyways my man i appreciate you so much do you have any last words 
No, I, I mean, I, I would just say, you know, find something you're going to do and, you know, make a commitment to um, be a student of the thing. Like that's, that's the thing. Become a student of what you're going to do and, and stop having such short time horizons on having success. I love it. Awesome guys. So next week it's going to be 5 PM PST again, the normal show time. I'm going to be interviewing Eddie Charger. He's a really dope dude. Incredible sub mastermind student, Atlanta. Great guy. He's going to be awesome. Um, Cody, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you coming on. It's been awesome. I, me and Cody did like this agent series today too. So it's been cool to see you getting like a double dose of you. Um, it's a pleasure as always. Guys, like, comment, and subscribe if you want more of this stuff. You can follow me at The Scorch, but follow Cody first. Um, thank you guys so much. I appreciate every one of you who's watching live. And again, if you want to see these, you got to watch them live now because you're not going to be able to see it for like a month or two because my editor is going to edit it. So you got to keep watching these lives. You got to keep coming on on Thursdays if you want to watch the full unedited version. Guys, I will see y'all next week. This was Scorch the Fear. Peace out.